Who's leading us? We're talking about the draft, aren't we? Oh, lead us, Tim. All right. Well, let's talk about the draft. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we talked last week about a couple of the permutations that we sort of had at our fingertips and what we thought we might be able to do. We've got our first top six right. Move for move, top six we, we predicted right. Well, we did. It wasn't like it wasn't really hard, but um, the only thing that was going to change is if we or any other team made a move for those picks two and three. Well, and to be honest, and I reckon the first year of live trading, I think I think teams were always going to be just a little bit gun shy. They were, they were going to wait and see what other people not, did. Not all teams. No, and that I think that's the thing that I loved the most about it myself. Um, and I think what's interesting too, and, and we'll probably get more into the details as we're getting a little bit further, but I read something that was really pertinent the other day whereby there were three AFL um, managers that went to the NFL draft this year. They and were? They, and they talked to teams. They un- sought to understand how do you arrange your draft boards, how do you go about live drafting, what's the, the machinations, how do you... D- communicate with the other teams mm-hmm. how much discussion have you had before how was the strategy played out you know and obviously you react as things are happening obviously they didn't watch draft day they would have got all of that this is exactly right i don't know who the third person was that went but two of the managers that went were Stephen silvani yep. and brad lloyd yep and obviously brad lloyd's come to carlton yep. as our Football manager. Yeah. So have the two guys that have probably put the most time into this process. It's unsurprising. Wouldn't have been Dodoro. No, no, Dodoro. Dodoro is the Tom Michaels pancake eating motherfucker. Do you? Oh, <laughs> That's what, a draft day quote. What, what I would love to know. You talking about Brian Drew? <laughs> what I would love to know. <laughs> For a is, film he hates, he quotes it. No, don't, he, tell yeah. talk, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's memorable. About, he doesn't like it, but it's memorable. Don't tell me you're talking about Brian Drew. My query, we always said it, we always reckoned Dodoro bid on Jack Silvani just to be a bit of a prick. Yep. I wonder whether Mosquito. he was always going to touch, like he really, did he really, really want Irving Mosquito? Because I reckon they've got a few small forwards. I don't think it's an absolute need for them. I'm like I've heard other people say they reckon um, Fantasia will push into the midfield more now as a result. And, and they rated Mosquito as the best small forward in the Who's draft. Who's pushing into the midfield? Orazio. It's Fantasia. Fantasia. It's Fantasia on this podcast. Well, like Duke as well. I just... just (laughs) Duke. His name is not Fantasia. That's a Disney movie. Fantasia. Fantasia. Anyway. You don't have to say with the accent. Fantasia is But the thing that I found and the thing that I... I, It sits really poorly with me is at the end when Hawthorne turn around and say, we haven't matched it, and Dodoro asks the question, did we get him? And they go, yes. And Dodoro sits there and does a little fist pump. And I reckon there's a little... It wouldn't surprise me if he's gone, fuck, I didn't want him. Yeah. And there's just... That's that's for... Just for the camera. For the Mm. camera. Yeah. And look, he might end up winning a Brownlow medal, and he might be fantastic. <laughs> oh, and, uh, Jesus! Yeah, but I don't, I don't, th- I don't think he will. I'll be stunned if he's on the list in three years. Um, with the, <laughs> you, the draft, you didn't win the Rising Star thirty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Rising Star, yep. Will Setterfield is the favourite to win it. He is. He Jesus. Is. But look, I, and we were about to chat about this off pod, but I reckon when you look through past winners, there's a bit of a formula. And the formula is a first-year player doesn't win it. An Generally. 18-year-old kid is is not seasoned enough to be able to put together 22 games. Who at was the, the last 18-year-old to win it? it was Andrew, Andrew McGrath. McGrath. 
Dyson Apple won it, is it? So if, if, L- if, Louis if, Taylor was a first-year player as well, but, Jesus, put but he played in a Louis. very, very bad side. The socks down Louis. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. But as a general rule, what you want is a uh, a highly regarded player who was yep. probably underdone when he came into the AFL system. He doesn't play his full 10 games in his first year, but he does another pre-season. He's ready to go. He hits the ground running, and he impacts straight away. That That is your quintessential rising star winner. I know we uh, tend to talk about Carlton a fair bit, so indulge us while we do it again. But all the talk about what we did on draft night, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. We, we love s- it. Love it. We sit here, shout out to Kevin Keegan. We we sit here and we, we you know listen to idiots in the media all year after bad losses as, you know, <coughs> oh, they're going to get the number one pick. We listen all year to these people saying they're midfield. The midfield's no good. They need midfield depth. Yep. They, Paddy Cripps needs a chop out. They need midfielders. They need midfield depth. That's all. They need midfielders. And then, look, I know this is not me having a crack at myself, but the idea, the, the night comes along, so we draft the most prolific ball winner and statistic gatherer in the history of the underage competition Yep. at number one. Yep. Midfielder. At number 19, we see a, an opportunity, we see a window open for us to get Liam Stocker, a midfielder. Yep. By trading away our first pick for Adelaide's first pick and their current pick. Yep. On the the back of having traded for Will Setterfield. On the back of having got Will Setterfield. We we can't win. Like you sit there, these people going, oh, well, they just traded away the number one pick. At some point, as a football club, our strategy has to evolve beyond top three picks. Look, Mm. absolutely. At some point, we have to get better. We're not going to get a top five pick. Yep. And as Stephen Silvani said, look, I don't necessarily think this will be the case, but it could very well happen. Or you might have just you might have just given them pick one. And Sosa's response, deadpan, was, "What if we finish above them?" Yep. Hmm. Which was a great response. Adelaide have taken a calculated risk, and I don't blame them for doing it. Look, it's a great trade for Adelaide because if they take care of their own business, yeah, hmm. um, they give themselves their best chance of getting a good return. They played in the grand final fifteen months ago. Yep. Like they they have not. There hasn't been talent galore gone out the door. There's, yeah, a big, there's a big question over the culture of the team, the fabric of the team and their unity and all these sorts of other things that are going on. But if they recapture that and they're back to playing their best footy, they're a massive chance. Here is my... Uh, here is what's called devil's advocate. Yep, right. Everyone says Adelaide played in a grand final two years ago, so they're going to win the flag. Right? All these nuff-nuffs. Oh, well, they're Adelaide so if, supporters if, if, for so starters. So if, if we're taking... If we're taking two years ago as a measuring stick, we won seven games. Yeah, that's right. So we're not last. Yet we, we won we're seven ju- games. We're getting judged on this season and where we're at. Yep. And mind you, no regard to the debacle that is the Gold Coast, who have a mortgage on pick one. Oh, look, it's, it's a given. Right? It's a given. They, they may as well give it to them now. But Adelaide, all of a sudden, no, they're, they're 20, 2017 Adelaide and Carlton. Are, it just it shits me to tears. Well, the fact they use the whole... Potentially pick one. When, mate. Well, it's potentially we get the number one pick out of Adelaide. Yeah. Like if they win the wooden spoon, we just got pick one. Yeah. It does, the likelihood just, of happening is, is seriously it's low clickbait. percentage. But that didn't incense me. That didn't incense me as much because I thought, dickheads, clickbait, I'm not even going to respond to any of those posts on Twitter. That dickhead from ESPN... Chris Dore is his name. Sorry. To, to, cause, cause, I reckon he's done it intentionally. Yes. And I reckon he's Matty's, Matty Walsh's mate. Right? And Matty's obviously a cult fan, so he's he's just put it out to the masses to, to get a reaction. You know what the shame is? Chris Dore had a shitload of credibility. 
He, he did on the foot of the footy yeah, boards. He'd, he'd been on Big Footy. He, he posted under a, a, a name Nightmare, Phantom. and he'd spent probably six to eight years of rating players, doing massive long uh, reviews. He'd do his mock draft, and he, and look, he clearly follows it. He knows it. He understands it. Um, and he's now got a gig with ESPN, and he's he's look fantastic effort mm. because all of a sudden ESPN said people want to hear what's going on, and rather than getting Harold Sun get Gary Bacanara to do his like his his, his yeah. thoughts on it, Gary's they, passed they, it. They by the way. picked this guy up from nowhere, and he's got a career out of it. And you're going, good luck to you, well mm. done. You then get the opportunity to sit there and going, right? How Carlton's gone in the draft, and as you say, they've taken. The best kid in the country that addresses their need, and no one was stunned by this. Like I challenge no. anyone to go back. Everyone said, however long, yeah. and everyone was going. Walsh is one. It's like someone was having a having a dig at Weedering at number one. Yep. And I, I was at someone at, at uh, work, and I said to him, "I challenge you to go back to 2015. I'll, I'll have you go back to mid 2014, and if you can find me a single article published." Anywhere in the world that suggested a name other than Jacob Wiedering. There was two. At number one. Yeah. There, there, there was, very, <coughs> as they got about halfway through the season, it was it was always Wiedering or Shaki. That's that's all it was. Mm. Do you need a defender or do you need a forward? That They were the only questions they were asking. And we asking. were building from the back. But the only other forward. two articles that came out, they basically said, Aaron Francis is the complete utility. He can do everything. Really talented footballer. Um, could be considered a pick one, probably not, but could be, mm-hmm. and 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 that was that was thrown out there, and at the same time, halfway through the season, Charlie Curnow started playing midfield for Geelong Falcons and started absolutely dominating, and then he re-injured his knee, and he basically only played about drink, uh, drink ten or twelve driving. games of footy, and then he obviously had his drink. I driving that's why he slid. He may but, not have got one, but he, he should have gone early. But the, the exposed on- form wasn't enough there, so that there was four yeah. guys that were genuinely. Linked to pick one, but the point I'm and, making and is only Shacky was the only one that you was had, ever really considered potentially being higher than Weathering. Weathering was a, yeah. a, a lock. So you had a sense that don't fucking criticize anyone after the fact when everyone was saying it's him. Yep. So when you pick the guy that everyone's saying our oh, number one pick is Walsh. Yeah. So we're going to give you a D. We're going to rate your draft. That's the a thing. D. I'm not here. As fi- I'm not fishing for if an he A plus and a good feel good story. B plus. Yeah. Because you're saying done? I thought there was a better player available. And you could have gotten a, like or, he did or say, if he doesn't like the whole nineteen footballer, if he doesn't like nineteen for our future pick, that's fine. But a D, a D is that's a that's a failure. Well, it's a slap in the how face. Do you, how do you take Stephen the best player in the country? Mm. How do you take the best player in the country and it's a complete failure? Correct. You know what he should have done if he wanted to be controversial. Like what's he judging us on? Finbar O'Dwyer. Yeah, if he correct. wanted to be controversial, he should have just given us a question mark. But the whole thing's a question and that would have, mark. No, yeah. but that would have accomplished the same thing if he had said. We don't know yet. Yeah, I, I just thought it look, was... Look, he wrote an article... Like he was a, he's an amateur journalist, and he wrote an article that made him look like an amateur journalist. Yes. That's that's all but that But he happened. wrote an article pre-draft saying he believes Carlton shouldn't take Sam Walsh, and that's his opinion. That's Correct. fine. Stand by your opinion. Don't give him an A. Give yeah. him a B. Give him yeah. a B plus and say, I have reservations. You don't give him a D because the kid that you've got's a jet. Yeah. So it just it made him look foolish... Um, and if, as we've been saying, we can harness the competitiveness that we had when we won seven games two mm. years ago, and and we lamented at the end of that season, they said, look, we're a really, really young side. We battled to run out some final quarters. We were often in front and didn't win. And you sit there and you're going, right, well, two years later, 
Like at the end of that season, we trade away Gibbs. Yep. We lose Sam Doherty to an ACL. Gib. Gib. Bryce Gib. Bryce Gib. It, it, it absolutely rips the guts out of your team. No doubt about it. And then we had injuries throughout the year. We don't have to back over it, but obviously yeah. Cruiser carried injuries. Murphy was injured. Um, Plowman was injured. Um, Marchbank was injured. Marchbank was injured. Pickett was um, injured. Wheatering was injured. Williamson was injured. Um, Williamson, Williamson was injured. barely played. If he played, I think he played JLT, and that was about it. He might have played AFLX. Yeah, and we just we were slaughtered. And but look, it is what it is. And and again, you know, the articles about us. Mm. You know, you might have traded away pick it's, one. It's, well, the bottom line is we're the reigning wooden spooner, and until we prove otherwise. We're possibly the worst team in the competition. Yeah, so no one, so I'll, a, I'll, wear, I'll wear the speculation of what we might be, but when you strip it all back and you look at it for what it is, you get all those kids come back, you bring in Fasolo, you bring in McGovern, you bring in Setterfield, you bring in Nick Newman, you draft Sam Walsh, you move up to get Liam Stocker, who clearly you rate highly and that's why you've taken him. Mm. You've added that to your midfield. You've got a couple of project players in Finbar O'Dwyer and Ben Silvani. They're not going to be playing senior footy next year. Mm. You bring in Hugh Goddard, who I'm not a massive fan of, but he was a guy that had talent. But again, if he's playing footy, it's either he's belting down the door or we've, or we've had a couple of injuries. And Tommy Bug, when you've just sent Jared Pickett back to the VFL to say do a little bit more work and get yourself fitter, Tom Bug's probably playing in the forward pocket in the first game against Richmond. Mm. I don't mind the look of Stocker, by the way. I thought he looked unbelievably yep. clean. And he was able to break his his ability in traffic, and he had he looked like he had time and composure. He's got good skills. He uses both feet. What if this kid's good? And it, well, this is the thing. thing. I, look, the and what rumor, we were discussing, the rumor we were discussing is, is you, Sosa's rating the eighth best player in the draft. That's the what, rumor. What does that mean? But there's also that the story that's come out from the draft that, and all highlights are all highlights are good, obviously. No, the and problem is you're going forward, and the whole. The interview he had with Richmond, Richmond. at the combine yep. was don't believe it, mate. Richmond had a fucking hard on hard on. Yeah, his kid. but but he's got some home truths told to him about two way running and so forth. Richmond had a fucking Richmond. <laughs> what's the what's the line? What's the departed? Give him a whiff of my ass. They'll crawl. We, Richmond had the biggest hard on for this kid, and they'll they'll fucking like getting in his head a bit. Yeah, but he's he's coming. I think out, they were challenging him though. Yeah, so. and, and but he recognised that he needed to get better at that, but. I said to, to Fabian during the week, they interviewed a fella, and I forget what his name was, but he coached the Halebury school footy team. And obviously the story coming out of Halebury were the King twins. and Maybe know, Lloyd was an assistant. Yeah, he Dan was. And so the day after the draft, they interview him and say, tell us about Max, how good was he, how good he, could he have been? Tell us about Ben, you know, what position will he play at senior level? You know, he's always played in defence when his brother's been there and you can't play him both forward now that he's in his own team, where is he going to play? Yada, yada, yada. We all know this. And then they turned and they said, oh, you also coach Liam Stocker. He was really one of the stories of the draft. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. He um, he was one of the younger ones, so he finished year 12 the previous year. So he's Liam's been able to sort of commit a fair bit to his footy this year. Mm-hmm. But he said um, the previous year um, we always challenged him a bit and didn't think that he was fit enough, but he said we took GPS data off all of our players and he said and invariably when he was playing off halfback flank midfield, um, we always thought that he didn't have a good engine, but he always ended up putting up pretty much the best numbers out of anybody in the team all season. So maybe when they do running sessions, he doesn't do great in a running session, but on field, and, and again, maybe he doesn't run back the other way, and maybe his opponent gets gets away from him a couple of times, and that's that's what the focus needs to that's be. That's development, Tim. 
That's development. And and again, that was 12 months ago, and the blokes that knew him the best, he's aware of it. He's done extra work. They said he's already been doing a bit of training with, um, was it Andrew Brayshaw or Angus Brayshaw? It was one or the other. It might have been Angus Brayshaw, mm. I think, um, doing a bit of extra running with him in this last month prior to being drafted. So, again, he sounds like he's a pretty professional kid. He yep. interviews fantastically well. Good build on him. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, and the reality is you sit there and you go, you try and pick your team that's going to play in round one. I don't have Liam Stocker in it. No. I don't have Daisy in it. Uh, I don't even have Daisy. I, I, I had eight guys to choose from on the bench. I didn't have Daisy in that. And that's that's probably a bit rough because <laughs> you could probably find a spot for him if you really wanted to. Yeah, he probably but... starts. <laughs> well, look. He had a good season. Look, he was given the Doherty role. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't fuck it up. Um, he did fine. Mm. I again, you you sit there and you say, "What's our team going to be round one?" I'm more interested in what's our team going to be like in three years. Now, granted, there's a couple of rounds of free agency to go through. There's mm. a few more drafts to happen. Um, so you, got and- jo- you got Josh Kelly in that side, not yet. And that's the thing. So we just want to double back. I've said this on Twitter a bit that. People lamenting us trading away our first pick next year. We're not using our first pick next year. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably right. We're not using our first pick in 2020. Yeah. The price for a top-tier free agent has been set at two first-round picks. Yep. We ain't using first-round picks at the draft. And the two first-round picks, is never. it's never been two number twos or a one and a future. It's, it's, it's always been... 7, 7, 10, 10. Yeah, something like that. 6, 15, so, whatever it so happens we're, to be. Yeah, we're going after Canelio, Kelly, whoever else it might be. The rabbit would be amazing. But, I mean, that's the thing. So people lamenting the fact that I think that Sauce's attitude in the war room, sweet whatever it was at Etihad Stadium that they're in, was we're not using these picks. Yeah. When Can you I looked just at throw... the I said this to you before you throw to anything. Don't throw, don't, don't throw a biscuit at me. I'll throw an orange cream. Um, <laughs> I said to you, when they took... Um, my sister-in-law at one, Sam Walsh at one. Bold move. They they were all content. There were a few smiles. But when we took Stocker, it was like they were going to blow Sauce in the room until someone said there's a camera on us. It was They were wrapped. Sauce yeah, sat down happy. and buckled up his pants. <laughs> so if that's anything. Well, Timbo, we're going to transition now because you've been working on our best team. All right. So uh, what, is this next year? This is next year. Okay, beautiful. Well, so so we're, we're not skipping forward because, again, I, I love the navel-gazing about where we're going to be in three years, but there's too many holes that are created in those three years to know who is going to be there, who's not going to be there. I've put a couple of asterisks next to players in my mind just about how do they improve over the coming years. Well, and, we post and whether this, Sean. Maybe. No, well, we can just listen to it. <laughs> oh, okay, I've, I've started off... Back line? Back to front. I was going to say, you're not going to do like the old fucking sauce bottle in the fridge and go forward, go front no, like the all-Australian no, no, team. No, we always go what back What the line. hell was that? So well, the back line they toy, toy with the 6-6 six, six and 6? They were just reading it random. All-Australian team yeah. was doing like full forward and full back. It's like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. Even the Herald Sun and that, they started to, like a couple of years ago, it was just backs, midfielders, forwards. Like, I mean, just give me this. Just give me the lines. Give me the, yep. the three. Lay it on us, Timbo. Especially this, now when we have to start from these positions again. It's, correct. This is going to upset you. Okay. <coughs> My full back line, Cade Simpson. Yep. Yeah. Jacob Wiedering. Yep. Lockie Plowman. Yep. <coughs> upset because Liam Jones isn't at full back. That's all right. I don't know if Liam Jones is in the team, to be honest. His season this year when he was playing was horrific. 
Half back line. Tom Williamson. Yep. Caleb Marchbank. Yep. Sam Doherty. Yep. Good line. Good line. There is an asterisk on Tom Williamson. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know how his back's recovered. We don't know how he's going with his Crohn's. Um, he's uh, a he's player. He's got Crohn's. He's got Crohn's. Jesus. Shout out. Uh, shout out to Crohn's. Um, so we're we're hoping he gets back to everything that we always thought he was going to be and looked like he was going to provide. But you know, what is just like how big is the chance that he could shit himself on the field? No, when you're on the field, you're okay. Why is that? Is that a safe space for you? No, it just doesn't work that way, Sean. It's um, if you hear Darren Fletcher talk about his illness as well, because Darren Fletcher's got got Crohn's disease, you don't get rid of it. There's no cure, but um. It's more to do with once you're out there in your training. I don't know why you're not thinking about it. You said, nah, but I think your body is so worried about everything else functioning. So you're not you're it's not psychosomatic. You're not dropping. You're not dropping your guts. Yeah, but but you're not trusting farts. Yeah, is it? yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get too graphic. But if your insides are bleeding, so even if you you wake up and you do your normal morning routine and you you're, you're clear for the day. If your if your insides are bleeding, well, there's gonna, you know, there's more to come. It's more to come, and then you, yeah. you know, it's all right. Let's give like us the diarrhea. wings. You can't hold that. All stuff, right, so center line. But it's about his his physical. Like if he's losing blood, yep, and he's obviously so it's fatigue, it's recovery, and all that. That's what will hamper him, as opposed to shitting himself on the field. <laughs> we'll come back. Yeah, to I'm him. more worried about the growth and we'll, the we'll development and strength and all that sort of stuff yeah. than shitting himself on the field. We'll but get I'll back around to Doctor Guadagnino. We'll only play home games. <laughs> can't wear <laughs> can't wear white shorts. Correct. You so, ask the question. Don't tell. Yeah. Don't send a line. Okay, now you gave us an answer. Ed Kerno, oh, okay. who's lucky to be yeah. there, but uh, I'm on I'm, a wing. I, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, he runs. Paddy Dow. Yep. Which also, maybe it's a bit early to sort of say that you're in chuck the centre full-time, but nah, chuck him he's in there. there. Mm. Sam Walsh on a wing. Yep. Okay. Wow, we. Mate, he'll be playing. Fucking don't no, no, no. I, I just, there's, a yeah. wingman, there's a wingman who I love who you don't have in there. Half forward line, Zach Fisher. Love him. He'd be on a wing for me. Yes, that's what I thought. I, I, I tickled a few of these around, and there's a couple of guys that are they can move. In, in the end, I just thought Ed Kernow, mature body, run all day. I just thought, although he may not be your most dynamic wingman, I think he's your most reliable, and that's why he ended up there. So yeah, half forward line: uh, Zach Fisher, Charlie Curnow, Mark Murphy on a half forward line. Yep. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, when you're naming Paddy Dow and the guts, you know, they'll all change around. They're yeah, not yeah, paying yeah. in fixed positions. I don't need to tell you that. Um, half, half forward. Uh, sorry, full full forward line. Another asterisk, and it's an obvious one given previous week's headlines. Jared Pickett. No. Um, I think I've always made it known that I rate him and I think that he can play, but he's he's been a glimpse footballer only and he needs to put more of it together. And if he's not towing the party line at the moment, I don't know how much you can rely on him being there. So I, I think, I, I I think he's on, potentially on borrowed time. I rate him. I think he's an absolutely superb talent. Yep. Um, but, but at that's the, all at he the, is moment, at the moment, it seems, it feels less likely than likely. Well, as you say, if you pick up the paper in four years' time and you read about uh him playing in the waffle, you're going, yep, fair enough. And if you read it and he was coming fourth in the leading goal kickers, you'd probably go, I get that too. Yeah. Let's hope it's closer to the latter than the former. Uh, full forward, Harry Mackay. Forward pocket, Mitch McGovern. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some of the questions with Mitch McGovern is, is he going to play more high half forward and be more sort of centre half forward yep. type linking player? Well, that'll probably just depend more on game strategy and where his needs are. But he's going to be important for us. Matthew Cruiser in the ruck. 
Oh, sorry, yeah, followers. Yeah. Paddy Cripps, Ruck Rover. Surprise, surprise. Sam Petrovsky, Seaton, Roving. Love him. I'd have him on a win. Oh, well, but he's always he's a, been of more value in traffic. He he wins his he wins contested footy and inside ball. That's what he mm. that's what sets him apart. One of my favourite moments time. of the year was when he did that little shimmy against Richmond. Richmond. And he sent about four players going the wrong way. His first quarter against Richmond, and was the fucking it was one of those moments where like the it's pathetically sad that it was the first ten minutes of the season, but it was one of those moments where the whole like the whole crowd just went ah oh. yeah. It was like this yeah. awe moment. It was I don't just want to call Samo soft because I like the kid. If he gets it into his game and Paddy Cripps, there's been highlights on the website where Paddy's telling him when you run and you're attacking the ball, he he moves he moves either to the left or right. So his his hands, he's still trying to gather the ball. He doesn't have his body and his momentum behind it because he's he's slight. He wants to be. I know he's slight, but he wants to have the opportunity to get out of there. Yeah. You know what, mate? And I'd, Paddy Cripps at and, training and, a couple of times told him, and he went through it. And Paddy was the first one. Well done. Get, if he starts beelining balls and getting them, serious. There's part of me yeah. that sometimes thinks that's that can be overrated though, because you look at it and go, Mark Murphy did that a couple of times, did the right thing going yeah, for the no, ball, but, and it cost him half a year. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying no, recklessly, but to he, win a ball that would have been a fucking throw up. He he loses know? footballs yeah. because of the, his positioning. Liam Jones, when he goes up for a mark, twists his body to avoid contact. And it costs him the ability to mark. Yep. Now, I'm not saying to recklessly go in for the football, but there's ways you've got to position your body. And once you've got it, Cripper was saying, then, then arms up, change. then move. They always talk about a real like good footballers. When they hit a contest, they're already looking for the exit and, and understanding what's the next move, not this is the next ball up. And I think Samo's a little bit... Exit oriented, yeah. Um, and as you said, there'll be a balance because, as, you, as we said, when he gets it right and when he holds <laughs> the ball up and guys run mm. run past, and he he just he sees space and movement really, really well. And that's what great football is. The ability do. between winning your own football prolifically yep. and not. Imagine Ryan Hallahan. Oh, yeah, won his own football like Sam Mitchell. Yeah, imagine the footballer we would have had. He'd be a phenomenon. I've had a guy we used to go to the football with that once said, and I quote, Ryan O'Hullahan sleeps with the lights on. Yeah, good. One of the favourite lines. It's, what was the, it was about the Wakeland brothers, wasn't it? Um, my interchange. Sorry, my first... stop, so I'm sorry to pivot back on that. Oregon Hula was one of the most overrated players to have ever played for the Carlton Football Club. No, from a skills point of view, Skill. I, I, I've said this, he's probably the most skilled. Fucking jeez, our bar's low. Mate, that guy used to kick no, into no. more fucking oncoming people than I reckon anyone who's ever represented us. Look, given time and space, Fev's always said it. Because person... they were best mates. No, but... He did he, look he, after he, him in the interview, but I, I agreed with you it. You can't dispute Ryan Houlihan's skill. I can I reckon, he, I reckon he's one of those guys who, just as he was unfairly maligned as, and they didn't use the word Soon you'll right. say Chris Yaron couldn't take a running just, bounce. Just as he was unfairly maligned as laconic. Laconic doesn't mean lazy, it means brief. Yeah. But just as he was unfairly reminded of that, that's a word that sounds like the meaning people think it has, yeah. rather than actually it doesn't actually mean that. Yeah. Everyone else was always oh, laconic. He's this, he's... That was unfair. Just as unfair as everyone says, oh, he was a beautiful user of the ball. I reckon he fucking munged as many as he got I'd say Scott Pendlebury is laconic. Is he brief? Hmm. He's short. Well, he's not short. 
I, like, I love Scott Pendlebury. I love, he's just got time. Love the type of footballer he is. Interchange. Lockie O'Brien. Love him. Ooh, yep. Matthew Kennedy. Asterisk. Like him. Like him. Yeah, Asterisk. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You're losing me. No, no, no. Well, for, for what he was expected to do, he was held I'm not back saying by the ankle. Lockie O'Brien isn't good, and I'm not saying Matt Kennedy isn't good. I'm not thinking you're playing all of them. Matt Kennedy well, looked that's fantastic part of the query as well. until he looked like he did his Achilles, yeah. which was 15 minutes into the year. Mm. Liam Jones, obviously you need a tool, and he can kind of play both ends, and he can back up Ruck and all that sort of stuff, so he's floating around in there. Where's Will Setterfield? Have you picked him yet? Uh, do you want to wait? Next pick, he's four. Will, Will Setterfield. <laughs> so he's he's my first choice. Four is there, and then you sit there and you're going, well, there's Liam Stocker, and he may not be ready to play round one, and that's fine. That's right. Nick Newman's not in this team. Yeah, I think and I play. really rate Nick Newman and and the Tom Williamson asterisk. Possibly this is all about depth. Oh, yeah, well, it, totally, totally. Tell and, you what. And, and again, who plays on a wing? Nick Newman could be on a wing. Tell you what, boys. You know who's going to be fucking good next year? The Northern Blues. Yeah, well, they, exactly that's, right. That's what we need. That's what we wanted them to yeah. be. Yeah. Alex Fasolo floating around there. I think Tommy Alex Fasolo's getting a game ahead of Pickett. Ahead of Pickett. Pickett. Tommy Bug, another guy that could be getting a game ahead of Jared Pickett. And then uh, old mate Dale Thomas is your ninth bloke outside of your first 18. I think, Dale, I think Dale's in the round one team. Um, a favourite of mine is David Cunningham. He probably Cunningham. comes in on that side for I, Lockie O'Brien. I like David Cunningham, and we've said this before. He's a Just guy that more. feels to me like, and I'm sure they are, somebody needs to tell him you are good enough. Yes, yeah, spot on. The shackles need to be taken Someone off Someone needs to tell him you're good enough to play AFL football. Well, somebody's got to say to him, right, David, you're going to play the first month of the VFL season for the Northern Blues, and do you know what? At the end of the first four games, I want you to have 100 possessions and kick 12 goals. Fucking Jesus! In in four games, Fuck. so twenty five and three every single. You'll win game. the medal. There'll be, a, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of this. One two, one two. Yeah. <laughs> he runs fast, but he can do that. You need he can do that, and he should be doing that at VFL. You level need to tell in his fourth year. Of so week. you're thinking he's going to have twenty five and kick three in every twos, week in the twos? Jesus! You know what he needs to do? He needs to play behind the football yeah. and take the game on. He's not Chris Aaron, but do. But do that sort of do stuff. Do that. He wasn't and involved. have an on-field leader. Murph's no longer captain. You say to Murph, every nice. time he does this, get over it him. Doesn't, come, it doesn't matter if it comes off or it doesn't, you get over to him and you pat him on the ass and you say, keep going. He was integral in our best goal of the year. Yeah, the Geelong goal. Our best goal of the year was kicked by David Cunningham. It was. He was integral in terms of like... Oh, I've got a better goal than that. Nah, that was the best goal of the year by a fucking mile. I've got... Because that involves, like, Dow, Matty Wright's goal in round one, where we run it from... Well, he ran out the back and got a cheap ball at the back. No, he marks it in the goal square. Yeah, yeah, another way. We run the length of the field, and then... But the Geelong goal was young guys. It was Paddy Dow. Yeah, just fucking work rate, desperation. Paddy Dow's the goal of the year. Actually, that was a good fucking goal. Paddy Dow's goal of the year. No, the one against Geelong was easily goal. goal. I'm pretty sure the club runs one of these competitions. It's probably been awarded. It's probably on the website. Yeah, maybe. Is that that game? So that's your team. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) We're going at Freo. Yeah, whatever, mate. Um, I uh, I was at the Geelong game. Year at the job. He was at the Gold Coast game. Yeah. You saw a win. I almost saw a win. In a two win season, that was inspired. Tim saw a win against the Gold Coast. What did we see, Sean? We saw Bongo Cam. We saw Bongo Cam. Bongo Cam, yeah. yeah. What a fucking Jesus Christ. What a disaster that was. And it was no good from like the first bounce. Mm, Horrible. It was like you've picked the wrong team, dickheads. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, we're going to go into a a special segment now that we haven't (laughs) heard of in 26 weeks. 
because it was an unmitigated disaster. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with it again. We haven't really thought about this. I just proposed it before the pod, and we went we went at it. We yep. thought, well, let's do it. The Rushmore is back. <laughs> Backed by popular, uh, backed by no demand. <laughs> we're gonna do the Rushmore, <laughs> and because we've had nothing else to talk about, we want to talk about Carlton. We're gonna yep. do it about. Carlton. It's a light sports week anyway, so it's, it's probably a very light sports week. Yep. Um, so this the back half of the episode will probably be cut up into a Carlton special. Beautiful. Um, and a bite-sized uh, special for Carlton fans out there who want to listen to it. So effectively, the Rushmore is just the four. It's it's subjective, mm-hmm. but it's not the four best, the four most important. So you think about in the Mount Rushmore in America. What have we got? Lincoln, Washington, Roosevelt, Jefferson. Yeah. So four great presidents uh, up on the the Rushmore. So the idea is like the four – I've come at it from maybe like the four most influential, the four most important members in the history of the Carlton Football Club. Jeez. So we've got, we got four heads. What the fuck are you Jesusing me for? It's hard. It's hard because I didn't know that criteria. You just told me to name the four. What? Four people I'd have on my on my Rushmore. Well, that was my criteria. Your criteria might be different. Okay. So do we want to go one proposes one and we see if we can reach a consensus on that person? Yep. I will lead then because of the silence. Yep. <laughs> I propose the first face on the Rushmore, in no order, by the way. There is no order on the Rushmore. If you're on the Rushmore, it's an honour. It's not about placing. Jack Worrell. Yeah, that's what I was, I was trying to think. Jack Worrell was the first professional coach in VFL slash AFL history. Mm-hmm. Coached a team to three three premierships, I believe, yeah. six, seven, eight. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of he was... The Trailblazer is, as I said, the first coach, and his influence, if you look at the record thereafter, cannot be disputed. Yeah, yep. And he's and also a player as well, played for the club too. Yep. Yep. I, I guess. So is this going up by consensus? Mate, you can't. You have to have Jack Worrell is the first. No, no. He's the first coach of the Carlton well, Football Club, and he's a three-time We'll, we'll all be nominating. Coach. All right, well, because cause we're going to talk about we're going to talk consensus and all that sort of stuff, the only it has thing to be response, consensus because the yeah. only thing I would say in response to that from a coaching perspective was David Parkin more important as a coach than Jack Worrell and was Ron Barassi more important as a coach than Jack Worrell and David Parkin, and I think all three of them have got skin in the game. But I, I love your nomination. Sorry, no, it's a nomination. I, it's love, a nomination. I love your nomination. Do you want to give your first nomination? Well, I'm probably going to be a little bit more you know, square about it all. And I just sort of think, when you think Carlton royalty... Don't take my man. And you think, who is, who is the most important footballer that has played for our football club? It's John Nichols. This is the great thing, because we are such... We're a club with such history. There are going to be nominated. And Jack Worrell deserves to be on the Rushmore. Yep. Does he get there? We don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> John Nichols. He's got the frigging medal named after him. Yeah. Does he deserve to be on he the Rushmore? He took it off Robert Reynolds. He did too. What the hell did Robert Reynolds do wrong? It's called the Robert Reynolds Memorial Trophy forever. And they just went, nah, it's not called that anymore. It's called John Nichols. My nomination? I know who it's going to be. No, it's not. His surname ends in a vowel. I'm tipping. <laughs> No, this guy's an adopted Italian, especially in our house. We love this man. Chris Yaron is not on the Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. not, and Mick Martin's not on the Rushmore either. <laughs> um, uh, games record holder, oh, captain, longest serving captain in the club history. He, this man is on the Rushmore. Stephen Kernahan. No one has kicked more goals for the Carlton Football Club. 
two-time premiership captain. President. President. And legend. Chairman of selectors at one point, probably. No, he's, he sticks is undoubtedly. So that's my nomination. Well, of your absolute pure modern-day footballers, and, and again, because you, you, can, you can split them up into categories and you sit there and you go, Stephen Kernahan, Stephen Silvani, Greg Williams, Craig Bradley, of your absolute... Silk Company. Why don't you just name everything, right? So then we <laughs> no, and Sean have got absolutely jack shit to talk about. Well, no, well, you can you can highlight these guys as we go along. But yeah, of the modern era, Sticks is the one. What are you doing? It's a visual gag, but I'll pull that a highlighter. <laughs> I don't. I don't get the gag. He said I could highlight, oh, okay. and I pulled out a highlighter. Well, All right, Sean, give us another nomination. This man is the. It's hard to say. I love how we nominate and Sean's like. It's hard to say. Sean's got the chisel. It's hard to say. He's hanging from a rope. <laughs> it's, I'm going to have to talk a bit louder, that, fam. I can't hear you. I'm on the mountain. He's, he's abseiling there. <laughs> Shoving sticks of dynamite into little holes going, all right. Yep. What are you saying down there? <laughs> the next man on the Rushmore is the architect. It feels strange to say modern Carlton, but he is the father of modern Carlton, George Harris. Yep. You, you're going. You've, you've going, taken it. You're going, you've gone more strategy. Yeah. George Harris is the architect of modern Carlton, yeah. and what and what he did yeah. for the football club in terms of taking it from where we are sort of now in a weird sort of way of being sort of just middling nowhere to. Um, Sean was putting together this Rushmore late nineties to the dominant figure <laughs> in have, VFL football for a couple of decades. You'd have Jack Elliott and now just be trying to chisel away modifications to Jack's face. Turning it into someone else, <laughs> yeah, putting a moustache and some glasses on. No, no, it's it's it's, it's a more than valid nomination. George, George Harris for me is if if George Harris doesn't make the move he mm. made, I never thought about putting non-players in there. Oh, look, I absolutely thought about putting non-players in there because, oh. as you say, influence. I'd be putting myself in. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bold choice. You probably don't quite. You probably hit the cutting room floor. Put it, put it that way. I don't know if Fabian fits my criteria. For the Rushmore of Carlton legends. Tim, give us a nomination. Uh, well, I'm looking at two. I'm looking at two, and I'm just. And look. I mean, there's one who is just. I've got two that are in my same category. Yeah. And I, I can't nominate both. But you're, you're probably. Well, put it this way I'll put one in, you put the other one in. I'll put in Alex Jezelinko. Alex Jezelinko was uh, one of the dominant footballers of his era, and I yep. think he took the dynamic style of football that he brought to it. I think he drove football forward a decade. Well, he was, a mod- he was not necessarily, as we class it, a modern player, but for the late 60s, 70s, oh, yeah. he was a modern footballer. Well, I had- he, he could have played mid-80s, 90s football and uh, and just fit in a See, treat. Dad always said that he said one of his favourite players when he was growing up was um, Rick Croswell. Yep. So he said for the same reason. He said he just played a different game. Yep. Because he just played it. And Polly Farmer, we've spoken, I think we spoke about this ages ago, but this idea that... Paulie Farmer was one of those players who just was ahead of the game. Yeah. The way that he played it, he was such a natural yep. that he didn't play it like everyone else does. And you yep. see it in different sports. Messi's like that. All these other guys just come along and you're like, fucking wow. Yeah. You just get it. Yep. Yep. It can't be coached. 
Can't be taught. It's just it. You just get You've it. You've got mm. it. Yeah. And it's got a great backstory too, Jezza. You just so. don't know. You don't know how you're doing what you're doing necessarily. It's just natural. Jezza was on my list. So. Was he one of your two that you were trying no, to No, the two, two blokes I've got in a, in a similar category, one is they're both more in the modern era. One's pretty modern. The other one is probably the era before, before him. But just looking at volume of work. You're not putting fucking like Wow Jones on there, are you? No, I've got Bruce Dool and Craig Bradley. Yep. Well, I was trying to choose between Dool and Jezelenko. And in the end, I just thought if I'm going to try to choose one over the other, you got one that coached the team, and the other one's probably just a bit of a I'm pure wallflower. So I'm pure volume. I'm pure volume of the two blokes I'm nominating. I think Jezza gets on there. Yep. Jezza's mark. Jezza, it's not his face. We got three faces, and Jezza's coming over the top of them. <laughs> number twenty-five. And um, good call. Whilst Brattles has obviously got the volume on Bruce. I just think Bruce is such a revered figure at the club. You know what I love about this conversation? Like, Brattles for me. I love Brattles. I went, went oh. over it and I just went, fucking, sorry, Craig, you're not getting in. Well, you, when you've mm. only got four. I went, mm. fucking, I go, you've I only like. Four. And to so me, the I, games record holder. I'm saying even, this no, is how tough it is. The games record holder maybe doesn't make it. Yeah, but this guy's an absolute champion. And you sit oh. there and just go, yeah, you just, yeah. He played not, 98 games at Port Adelaide before he came to the Sean wants to say. His games aren't Kate Simpson style games. <laughs> they aren't. This guy would have played on another year. But he look, he's just he's outstanding. He played and ninety odd SA, SA NFL. So uh, in the end, who was your nomination? I'm going to give Bruce Dahl. Yeah, I've watched. I, I I mean, I've been a Carlton supporter for a long time, um, but I hadn't watched a lot of the old grand finals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything that. Because in those days you didn't you didn't have the games on video they yep, didn't yep. show replays you do your grand final uh, you know marathons at night but when you're a ten year old kid well you're not allowed to be watching it at two o'clock in the morning and why I'd not so back- I always laughed at that like Fabian would have a reason fucking some stupid reason but what else are the kids doing what are the disrespect this what are the kids what are the kids got to be awake for at eight a.m. on Saturday morning oh, yeah, exactly. I was allowed to like seriously who cares stay up until four one in the day of the year. Friday before the grand final, I was allowed to bring. We had a TV in the kitchen, a little black and white TV. Yep. I had to. I was allowed to bring that into my bedroom, wire it up with some some rabbit ears, and watch the grand final marathon. And you fall asleep by it. Yeah, of course you do. And you wake up and you watch a bit. And then I used to love, you know, the under 18s grand final was the first. Like grand final day was brilliant as a kid. Carol Sunshield. It, 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 it yeah. is dog shit now. Parade, it is absolutely uh, dog shit. Not saying not the games aren't dog shit, but. But what, the, you, what you're missing out on, yeah. the, like the opportunity cost of, of where we've moved to. So I, I agree. I, I used to love watching the Under-18 Grand Final because you'd watch games where there was tagging and flooding and all that sort of stuff. You'd watch the Under-18 Grand Final, it was pure footy. Mm. And they played footy in the positions that you grew up on and you saw genuine talent and you saw kids that were out there trying to express themselves. I still yeah. remember watching Chris Johnson kick five in a Grand Final and taking hangers on blokes on a half-forward flank wing and this, this bloke ended up becoming... Possibly the greatest back pocket of all time. And Carlton got, supporter. Far and, out. Yeah, yeah, love sauce. Um, but what I was going to say is watching those old grand finals and you'd sit there and you go, I remember an old Bruce Dool playing footy, but I wanted to watch Bruce at his best. Mm. And you thought... Oh, Pardon well, the pun when he was flying. <laughs> but I wanted to watch him. And I said, what did he do? What made him special? And you watched this bloke play and the two things that were just just punched you in the face when you watched it. Was, Sideburns? 
He never went to ground, and he never fumbled the ball. Hmm. Clean. He was as clean a footballer as I have ever seen. He was, and it was, it was almost, it was almost uh, balletic the way that he did it. He was just, yep. he was so nimble and agile and balanced and controlled, and yet he was also. He was a little bit Matthew Scarlett-like in that he would run off out of the back line and he would create. Although you're going to say like, he was a little bit Matthew Scarlett-like in that he was terribly overrated. <laughs> I just picked up a bin and vomited. <laughs> but no, no, but the one, in, and I agree, the Matthew Scarlett argument, I just don't even think exists. Um, so why'd you but, bring it up? <laughs> well, no, no, just, no, the one thing that I've always liked about Matthew Scarlett is he was a very attacking big man and he'd take the game on, he'd try and create from the deepest I liked line. It how he Soss, developed Soss a, did that too. You I liked how he developed a reputation as being like the best full back in the competition despite never playing on the best full forward. Mm. It was a remarkable effort on Scarlett's part, really. Mm. Never played on the most dangerous forward yet had this reputation as being mm. the best stopper in the game. People also say they love how Steve Silvani was named full back of the century and having played three years at full back. Well, he's From, playing on the big fucking forward. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Well, right. Not going to get an argument out of me. Nah. Good My childhood hero. Um, the boss. So, and, see, Sauce and, the boss and Sauce. at bigpond.com. It's, it's probably still active. Don't email it. <laughs> and like Sauce. Like Sauce didn't make the shortlist for the Rushmore. Well, well I'm, it's I'm, funny I'm, thinking about it now. When we win our next premiership, if it's on the back of the recruiting by Stephen Silvani, he's, he's up there fucking in, on he's it. A, he's up there in Apollo. Yeah, exactly <laughs> we'll, right, rather than a jersey. We'll chisel a fucking fifth head on I, the I don't see how he's not on there. Sauce? Nah, nah. For me, and once again, that's a Craig Bradley thing for me. For me, it shows the strength of the champions, the cavalcade of champions we have. That Sauce, like, doesn't, he's not on it for me. We don't have much better. I'm not, I don't disagree. I'm not saying that we yeah, See, but you've, you've come at it from a different angle in the sense that, for me, there's no way that Sauce is on it ahead of George Harris. If we win five premierships a row, in a row in the early 20s, <laughs> Wait, I'll be Sean will re-chisel George Harris's face to look like Sauce. Sorry, George. <laughs> I'm going to chisel you out. All right, so who's nominating next? Well, we're back to Sean now. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I just think it's, it's... You want a two-play ball on a four-man... Rushmore. You wanted Jack Worrell and Harris, and I wanted Kernahan as well. I don't think you can have two administrators or or, or non. I, we understand that Jack played, but you're not nominating. Jack Worrell is responsible for about eighteen percent of the club's premierships. What's what's David Parkin's percentage? Well, he what he won three as well. So I can't have David Park in here because... No, he's done other he's, stuff. He's Fitzroy, not a calm man. Hort, and neither Hort, is Ron Barassi. To me, Ron Barassi does not make no. the Rushmore. See, that's why you, so you have Harris because Harris bought Barassi in. Harris mm. targeted Barassi and got him to the club and changed the way we did things and ultimately ended up ushering so we, in a magnificent era. Have we got a consensus on at least two? I so think that Kernahan is... I think is, Sticks is a given. Absolute. Just, there's no contest to Sticks. Even though it's a four-man... I think Sticks is in the middle. <laughs> Sticks is in the middle of a four-man. Yeah, oh, yeah three, and then there's no, Sticks Jeslinko can, taking the hanger. We said this No, before. doesn't Sticks have to be on the end so he's, that chiselled mullet can be like jutting out? Blowing in the wind. <laughs> All wet with beer. He's like, at Norton's. <laughs> Ch- Sticks' mullet was weird. It had like this, the 95 Premiership poster just, just depicted it perfectly. It had like this angle. It looked, it was... It was... 
as iconic a head of hair as I've ever seen. Oh, that's the wrong fucking post. That's got um, Greg Williams that's on. That's got Greg Williams. Sticks is on the 87 one there in the in the middle. Yeah. Um, you want to give any contest that we're... We're looking at a poster of what are they meant to be... They're, they're WEG yeah, commemorative they're... premiership posters. But they're not... So they're the ones that are at Norton's. So if yeah, you go to Norton's okay. around the bar, they're the posters that they're the got ones. Yep. But uh, yeah, so we've got Kernahan. Is just he's on it. Kernahan is on the. <laughs> he's world. on it. Um, can I just throw a couple others up? Um, we're not fucking. We're not seriously. If you give me something stupid like Stephen Kenner or Ricky Mott. <laughs> Ricky Mott. There you go. Number thirty-eight. No, I was just going to throw throw up where where does John Elliott sit? He's not on it. He's not on it. No, no, I, I, I don't expect him to be on it, but I think he's. But, think, I'm, but I'm not in the camp where I wipe I, everything. No, no, good that jo- Jack's done. What, I about, think, I, what about Dick Pratt? Dick Pratt's not a bad shout, but ultimately, ultimately, Dick Pratt, you sit there and go. I think there's a certain degree of hyperbole with regard to what he did was extraordinarily important, but the AFL wouldn't have let the Carlton Football Club die. Yeah. So there is, I think there's a little bit of hyperbole in that. Well, if Dick Pratt doesn't come in, then Carlton give the keys back. It's like, no. I think we go down a very dark path. If we'd recruited that five years better than what we did, yeah. on the back of the recruitment of Judd and the rebuild and all that sort of stuff, we might not have won another flag, but no. I think we could have been in the argument for a little while longer. And I think when we fell, we wouldn't have fallen as dramatically as we did. No, I agree. But again, that's the five-year recruitment thing. But the the Judd influence, he just might have influenced more through the era than what he did. Because mm. again, I think his influence on Patrick Cripps has been immeasurable. Uh, and I think really for where Mark Murphy's career is at and where Matthew Cruz's career is at, any influence that Judd had on them probably isn't going to mm. manifest itself with great success. Second, John, John Nichols has to be on this. See, John Nichols has to be. I'm a, John Nichols for me is a little bit like he's I, a revered figure. I don't think he's one of the greatest players we've ever had. Like Diesel and Juddy aren't even mentioned. And no, I, I don't think they. See, for me, Nichols is, and I'm not saying that Jez is not on it, but Jez is ahead of Nichols. You reckon? Yeah. I got Jez. If, but I've got Jez on the mountain though. That's what I'm saying. Mm. If in terms of, I, I say, I've got I say one. Nichols is ahead of Jezlinko, and, and I think in that era and and the '60s, '70s, '80s run, it started it started with Nichols. I mean, he was he was such a uh, physical. He played with presence, like he played with a presence that is. I think you, 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 you rarely ever seen. I think you're going to have both. Well, but then as you say, and then you're choosing between so, Warrell and Harris, and I think that's fine having one coach slash administrator. On the mountain of four, it's, it's it's a player's game. You've broken him. Oh, broken I, just, him. I just you sit there and you just go, "This is not what the Rushmore's about." Yeah, no, but I'm. I saying, think you have fundamentally John Nichols has the a Rushmore. medal named after him, so he's obviously revered at the Carlton. Football so does Club. Chas Brownlow. That's yeah, right. true, but so did Robert Reynolds. And then they took it off Robert Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> they said, "Sorry, John, Rob." John Nichols. Yeah, but. They He's up-spec. a revered figure. They upspect. I think. I look. I think Alex Jezelenko is a revered figure at the Carlton Football Club. He's iconic. I think Nick. Some, Nick is uh, no doubt an extraordinarily important, extraordinarily influential figure. But I think that something that colours, like Dad, for instance, was a bit when they announced the hunt, you know, the, the twelve best players in the history of the Carlton Football Club. Yep. And 
Nichols was number one. Mm-mm. He was like, oh, no. Nah. When it's pure players, no. No. Yeah, no. He but was like, not not on. Representation. I was just saying then, like, in this discussion, we're not mentioning Juddy or Diesel, and Diesel's ahead of Juddy. But well, their body work wasn't great enough at Carlton. No, it's right. Carlton alone. was a full full career. Which is set for the well, same reason why an enormously influential well, figure in... will be ahead of John Nichols on body of work in a Carlton jump. It's like the enormity of what Barassi contributed is somehow, yeah, it's discounted because as influential a figure as he was, and he was no doubt incredibly important, um, he's a Melbourne man. Hmm. Then he went to North Melbourne. Then he went to Melbourne. Well, he shows it now in his latter years that he, he's, a, he's a Melbourne man. And, yeah, he's made it a mark on our history. And when you write the history of the Carlton Football Club, there's a huge chapter on Ron Barassi. Which, to me... He's I, not on the mountain. To me, I think that I, I personally, I think Harris has to be on it. I, yeah. I tend to I, agree. I, I, yeah, I do too. You're going up, Georgie boy. I'm chiseling you in now. Chiseling him with a keyboard. Shout out to George. So Jezza, Sticks, Harris. We ha- we don't have consensus on on John Nichols. Oh, John Nichols one. For, it's I don't know. Like I sit there and go, there'd be a lot of people out there who. It's they don't know why it's a given. Why don't we put it out there, Sean? There's a lot of people out there who. Why don't we put it out say, as a poll? Would say John Nichols, and they Can don't you really know why. It and not have John Nichols on it is my. I'm 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 tending to agree with him. I. I He's not even. He's not my ear. You know when you said you go back and you watch watch bodies of work. It's you just like I said. He's a revered figure. It's not because I have seen him play and I've seen his body of work and think, nah, this guy needs to come. It's just to borrow a line from Dave Chappelle. It's his aura. Hmm. It's his aura. But people don't understand it. People don't have to understand. Carlton people understand. In his ear, Carlton people understand. But they don't understand why. But he was also in his era. He was the game's record holder. He had withstood in an, in a seriously physical era. I mean, blokes were getting belted week in week out here. It was hard. It was the hardest of hard footy, and he was the hardest of a lot of them. Like we we'll all look back at Luke Hodge and talk about his era at Hawthorne and what he meant to that side and the hardness and the competitive edge and the drive and the leadership that he gave that team. Overrated. <coughs> Look, oh, sorry. But for what he's but what Thank he pardon. what he represented as opposed to what his outfit was, he was seriously <coughs> important and Nichols is Cut back. <laughs> <laughs> Nichols Nichols is that footballer of that era. Well, you're making a compelling argument. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I th- I think we can throw that out to the masses. Well, say that we've got three givens and we've got three givens. Well, who's our third given? Jezza. What's Dool doing? Well, Dool's he's up for debate. Jezza's ahead of Bruce. Dool. Well, I had my choice between the two, and I went Jezzalinka. You know what we got? I like it. We can do a we can do a, a Twitter poll, and we yeah. could have the three on the wall: are Kernahan, Harris, Jezza, and, and then the four, four spots: are Jack Worrell, uh, Dool, and John Nichols. Nichols. And Stephen Silvani after five premierships from the current mob in ten years' time. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have we don't have brattles amongst that crew. That's what I'm saying. Fucking hell. Sauce is a team of the century. Yeah. AFL team of the century. Well, there was four in it. From Carlton? Yeah. Nichols, Dool, Silvani. Williams. 
Williams. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. He was on the bench. It's on the bench, mate. But again, half. Were of there only two current day players? Sydney. Yeah. Uh, when it was named. When it was named. It was Gary Ablett and Williams were the only and, current and so- well, Sauce. Sauce is in the middle of his career. It's nineteen ninety six. Sauce played until two thousand and two. No, it was team of the century. Yeah. AFL team of the century. Oh, so it wasn't the team of the 1900s to 2000. No, it was 1996. It was in the centenary year. That's why Silvani's nomination. As time passed, now we look back and go, yeah, Steve Silvani, the greatest fullback of all time. No doubt. At the time, us Khan supporters didn't dispute it, but others were going, David Dench. Like, no, no, exactly. You go back to the centenary match, like, centenary match in 92, Soss is playing full forward. Yeah. Yeah, Sauce kicked 200 goals. Yeah. yeah. So I can understand <laughs> not that how, how it got... <laughs> yeah, that's a, it was a good day. It was a really good day. I can understand how we got some noses out of joint at the time. Look, but I, as time went on, he justified... But, but as as we've sort of said, he played in a golden era of full forwards and he was the standout and he was the guy that they that the great players feared to play hmm. against because they knew they had their day cut out because they were playing on Sauce. So to convince me, mate, I had the no, number one on my back. Yeah. So who's the fourth member of our, like, maybes? Sauce. Sauce, well, as you say... Sauce going, or Brattles? Sauce, Fuck. Bradley, Dool, Nichols, that, and Worrell. Uh, You're five. Uh, or other. Can you put other on there? Uh, we've only got... We've only, yeah, actually, that's a good option. Other, please specify. So great player. On. Great player. Please other. specify, yeah. That's me. Could, could other play. is me. Imagine, other, imagine people nominate me. What about Anthony Kudafidis? No. No. Mate, Kuda's not even on the short list. That's how fucking good this club That's used good, to be. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kuda, Kuda's left his mark on the history of the Carlton Football Club, no I, doubt. I, well, put it this way. With, Peter Dean, is, is, well, we used to call him the family man, but he's never going to be on something like this. But no. You look back and you go, oh, I love the Peter Dean. The contribution, Dane. yeah. I love Peter Dean. Who, if, eh. who played, if you can bottle yes. the best football that any one player has ever played at the Carlton Football Club. Who is it? Is it is it Judd at his best? Chris Yaron. Yeah. <coughs> cool. Jesus. Well, because that's what I was trying to think. I thought Sporadic, well, has, has to be Anthony honest. To be Kuda honest, it's, pro- it's probably either Cooter or Fev. She's Fev. Yeah. Fev's two quarters against Essendon when we were down by forty-two points. Yeah, but he's playing against a finished Mel Michael and a shit-ass Dustin Fletcher. Still playing on two blokes, mate. Yeah. Not at the same time. But when time. Fever was up and running, he was agile, it was quick, Love he was Fev. freaking Scary, wasn't he? accurate beyond. I think some of Juddy's best is. At Carlton? At Carlton. Still good. Some at of his best is. Saw the highlights of the Brisbane game when he was at West oh, Coast. I love oh that my game. lord. But some of that some of that stuff oh, like. Did he kick five that day? Four in a or half. five. Yeah, in a half. 30 and five. Yeah. Wow. Sticks. I mean. I sent you a thing up in Sydney, obviously, with the uh, the A-League over the weekend, and um, they had uh, the sticks after the siren game, 87. Yep. Fucking Jesus. Guy kicks, he has, this is in 1987, 18 touches, 14-odd marks, kicks six goals. The older generation. Jesus. And that you, was the North game. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, unbelievable. You listen, to, you listen to your, like, your James Brayshaws, and that, that people from him and older speak about, when Jack uh, Steve Kernan's name comes, Jack Kernan. <laughs> when um, Steve Kernan's name comes up, he's he's revered. Yeah, he's revered. People in the media post that. I don't think he gets the rip. people. Well, Carlton supporters love him. 
And well, I think I think the important thing is sticks. People his best footy was centre half forward. Nineteen ninety one, everything played through you. Nineteen ninety one was the first year Mike Sheen put together his top one hundred. Yeah, Stephen Kernan was number one. Yep, first player to be number one in the in the top. It's best player, not not a good player in the competition. This is, this is Ablett, Dunstall, Lockett. They're all in there. Best player in a comp was Stephen Kernan. Nineteen ninety one. I still remember. They always talked about Sticks coming to Carlton and all that sort of stuff. And before he came, so it must have been 85, he played full forward for South Australia on Chris Yarren. On a, Chris, on a, Chris Yarren? <laughs> on Chris Langford yeah. uh, and kicked 10. And you've gone... Is that when they had that stupid white stripe yeah. on the South Australian jumper? Yeah. Like, there's like a white portion of it. Yeah, mate. You know, usually it's just red with the yellow. It was like a bit like the Frankston Dolphins Guernsey at the moment. It was red and it had, yeah, it had yeah. vertical stripes and a crest. Yeah, it was shithouse. Yeah. I love that Captain Kernahan documentary. Oh, that's it. With what? the what was it? The KFC burgers or whatever the KFC. Yeah, Harry tells that story. Yeah, yeah, Harry tells that, that story. But yeah, now the Captain Kernahan VHS got an absolute flogging, flogging. in the house. What a man! And so, every time we met Sticks, like you go to the club, to, you know, you get you get autographs or go to see him train. Where he was always <laughs> phenomenal. Do you know what? Do you know what? And when that that day, remember the captain's luncheon yeah. in twenty. 20- 11, it would have been, 2011. Mate, he went from... He went from great to greater. Yeah, if it was at all. Oh, Jesus. In my time working in the club, and even little things, like we're getting a bit off track, but Sticks was still... This is in 2012 to 16 on. This is part of the pop people are going to love. If Sticks turned up at the club for whatever reason to do a... Whatever it was, and he was always more than willing to do it, to come out and do an appearance or whatever... Um, he was still the king. Yeah. People of a certain age who saw him play particularly, obviously, um, would just gravitate towards him. Yep. And he still had that aura, as you mm. spoke of. He still had that aura of... And to his eternal credit, um, and this is maybe because he's a footballer from a different era, but he would he embraced it. Yeah. And people would come up and you do the classic... Uh, oh, and they, everyone calls him Sticks. Yep. Yeah, he sticks. You know, funny goes. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No worries, but you know, you know. And he was always the, the most, the nicest guy, the most polite guy you'd ever meet in your life. Don't no, no, keep talking. Don't worry about what Fabian's I'm doing. Fabian's trying to find a photo, presumably of himself and sticks. And, <laughs> but the one thing I was thinking is, obviously, these days. Are you even a Carlton fan if you don't have a photo of you yeah, and sticks? Yeah. <laughs> but that should be like the photo of Jesus when you walk into the Italian house. Every Carlton house has got a photo of you and sticks. What I was going to say is the modern era and the go-home factor and how many guys have ended up going back to you know, clubs, states that they came from, whoever they buried for and all that sort of stuff. And when you had the Adelaide Crows created, mm. they would have thrown everything possible to oh, get yeah. this bloke over to Adelaide. Like, not, not just... A little bit, it is. They threw the state at the bloke. The old man was one of the absolute doyens of South Australian football. And after, despite it, everything that they offered him, uh, he never went back. Like, it, it is absolutely, it gobsmacks me to think that this bloke didn't go. Like, how he didn't go back, just, I, I don't even get it, yeah. to be honest. Like, he, he shouldn't be held up as one of the greatest Carlton people of all time because he shouldn't have been there. Yeah. He should have gone, gone back, back to Adelaide, Adelaide yep. 
And he never did because he said, and I think the other thing is he was so principled saying, I'm not coming to Carlton until I finish what I'm doing here at Glenelg. So he said, mm. I'm doing my Carlton bit, and he's still doing his Carlton bit. He's an absolute champion. Correct. Um, you know, and Peter Motley. Oh, Motts. Uh, and people probably forget. Or, That's you know, a great photo. People, um, you took that photo? Well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, a, that is a great photo. People probably don't appreciate, yeah, this day and age, um, now that we're 20-odd years removed from Sticks playing, 97 he wrapped up, um, just what an absolute champion he was. Yep. And, I don't, and continued to be. I don't keep my memberships, but I've kept that one, the Sticks, um, what do they call it? The testimonial membership. So on the front of the 97 memberships is a Stephen Kernan testimonial. Yeah, okay. Got that. So we're going to put that out on Twitter. Our, our wall at the moment, we've got three Kernahan, George Harris, Jezza, and we need help for uh, to determine the fourth member. Uh, at the moment, the options are Jack Warrell, Bruce Dool, John Nichols, or other. You'll be invited to specify the other. Fabian's just going through a photo album here for some reason. What's that scan of the team photo there? What's that? The school photo. Go to that. That'll be the Herald Sun Shield final team. No, 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 no. This is uh, North Reservoir under the 10s. Why the fuck have you got this? Because I'm in it. I don't care. Me. Where's Jesus. Tony there? Tony are. looks like Tony looks like the Terminator. <laughs> He's a mafia mafioso figure. <laughs> Tony's got to coach this soccer team and then go broke someone's hand because <laughs> he owes, owes. He's like the Don. And is Vince Russo the uh, assistant coach down the other end? No, that's Alex. Alex Monachi. Is Tony? <laughs> Tony? Who was the best footballer in that time? Assistant team manager. Um, on potential. Are you the big... on potential at the time? Adrian Mayorana guaranteed. Are you yeah, the big? Best are there. you the big dopey idiot at the I'm back? Big tall bastard at the back. Now Adrian Mayorana had had the potential. Didn't amount to nothing. But Stephen Pace ended up playing at Melbourne Victory. Stephen so. Pache. He was called Stephen Putch at one of the presentation nights. And his <laughs> old man went and reminded everyone that not everyone here is an Italian. Yes. <laughs> and his name is actually Pace. Yeah. Now, so Adrian Gallus. He played footy at Doncaster. Uh, William Gallus. <laughs> I just started reading names from the uh, North Reservoir. Stephen Tabone. Oh, look at that. What a team. What a team. Yeah, what beautiful. a team. Were you playing Is that Elvis defense? below that? Uh, wow. It's me and Brattles. The one below the North Reservoir, Re, North Reservoir under tens is that Elvis Presley no, on the right hand side. That's me dressed as Danny Zuko. It's a pity distance, I need to see this <laughs> now that I know what it is. I need to see it more. Open it up, come on, come no, on, no, no, come no. on. You open can't, it up. you can't tease open it up. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost, we've lost Sean. We've lost Sean. Oh, this possibly shit. doesn't make for great pods. You didn't really look like Danny. Funny. You didn't really look like Danny Zuko. Oh, I'm, you just I'm, I'm like a lot heavier than Danny Zuko. You just, so just, <laughs> <laughs> just leave me alone. Oh, oh, have we spoken about how the like Danny Zuko was somehow allowed to make the track team two days before graduation <laughs> <laughs> in that movie? Hey, he was committed. He's, Not everything in that he movie. May have had, he, he may have had a future beyond Rydell High in he athletics. He lettered in, tra- in track at like athletics. Up to two days. Literally like the day before graduation. Maybe the Coach sports- Calhoun was yeah, a fucking maniac. The sportsmaster had been keen on trying to get him in for five and a half years and he finally got his man. You thought, thought you laughed before. Look at that oh, one. my goodness. Oh, that's horrible. Look at those pins. Jesus. That's horrible. Well, is that us done? Do you know what, do you know what I love? Every birthday, 
one of us was wearing a Carlton jumper. Like every occasion you take got photos. It's either me or my brother's wearing a Carlton jumper. Goes without saying. Did you get those three haircuts for the price of one? <laughs> Jesus. Funny time. That was me 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Who put that together? I don't know, but it was, it's all about the effort, The Sean. effort's there. The effort's the there. The effort's there. They've just fucking made a mockery of the Manchester United crest. It's all, it's all squashed now. Oh, shit. Let's wrap this stuff up. All right. I'm sweating like I'll put an it animal. out to Twitter. Good stuff. Yeah, no, great pod. Um, yep, we'll we'll split that in half. I reckon we do the front half and then the back half. Yeah, the front half. <laughs> what shit do we speak at the start? Oh, don't even fucking... I don't even know if we'll publish it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot going on in it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, yeah. No, thank you for listening. It's been... It's been fantastic. We'll see if we can post this photo album. What's Scan 10? Go to Scan 10. Scan 10? Oh, that movie world. Oh, my God. What the hell is this? Me and, me and Michael Jackson. Is that you dressed as no, like He's dressed as young like Michael Let's Jackson. Just, just take this off, Pod. He's dressed as young Michael Jackson by the Jackson 5 Michael Jackson. What a time. Um, anyway, for me, Sean Peter, much thank you. For Fabian Guadagnolo. Cheers, people. For Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, guys. Where's Tony. Tony, no, Tony, got the sack. Tony, Tony got the sack for abusing referees, I assume. Well, either that or he had to return to the old country to take care of business. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't manage the team that year. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Toodles. Why not? Aussie born sweat hog. <laughs> <laughs>